You are listening to the sermon podcast of International Lutheran Church in Seoul, South Korea. I'm Pastor Chuck Hoffman. I've always been a big fan of the Olympics. Ever since I was a little kid, I loved watching both summer and winter Olympics. So I was very excited when it came here to South Korea. I watched uh, live on television the opening ceremony. And it was quite interesting. There were some beautiful performances. And then there was, it got a little bit of a lull, a little bit boring when the important guys got up, they had to make their speech, it's kind of mandatory. Um, I did not understand the Korean speech that was given, so I just kind of watched and waited for the next guy to speak. And the next guy to speak was the uh, uh, International Olympic Committee president, and he gave the speech to open the Games officially. And I noticed uh, something that he said along the way. He was speaking to the athletes at this point in the speech, and he said this, While you compete with each other, You will live peacefully together in the Olympic Village, respecting the same rules, sharing your meals and your emotions with your fellow athletes. This is how you show that in sport we are all equal. Now that's a beautiful kind of thought, almost maybe brought a tear to my eye, but then I thought, you know what, that's really not true at all. The entire point of sports is is to show that we are not equal. (laughs) There are winners and there are losers, at least not equal in according to our abilities. There is first place, second place, third place, and then there's everyone else. When you get a gold medal, you are placed on the highest part of the podium. You are lifted up in front of everyone. The second step is at the most honorable place uh, next to the first person. At their right hand is the silver medalist, but that step is a little bit lower, and then third place is a little bit lower still. Can you imagine if a podium was all the same level? Or if there were enough spots on the podium for every single athlete that competed? I got to thinking of this scene where uh, downhill skiers, they all went down one at a time and uh, they got through all of them, maybe there were 60 some competitors. They get to the bottom of the hill and they say, well, who won? And the Olympic official says, I don't know, we turned off the clock. You did what? They said, don't you know, we're all equal in sports. And they say, look, we built a podium over here. There's 65 spots on the podium. They're all level. And it says, you won. Go. Stand over there with everybody else. Would people train their whole life for that moment, their moment of equality? Would they sacrifice normal lives, normal relationships, normal hours, normal jobs, all for this moment of being the same as everyone else. Of course not. They would not do that. Their dream is the top step. 
Their dream is to be lifted up, to be exalted. That is what motivates the vast majority of athletes. That's what allows them to put in so much time and effort. Well, being lifted up, that's a theme in Scripture as well. It pops up again and again. The Israelites, as they were wandering in the desert, they started to complain. They didn't like the food that God was providing. They were growing impatient, says they spoke against God. They didn't like what he was giving them. And as a result of their ingratitude and as a result of their rebellion, poisonous snakes were allowed to infiltrate the camp and begin to bite people, and some people even died. Suddenly, the problem of eating manna every day and getting bored with it doesn't seem so bad when compared to this new, much larger problem. And isn't this always the case? Our problems seem huge until a much larger problem comes along. They cried out to God for salvation. And God graciously answered. Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole. And anyone that had been bitten by a snake could look at this and live. There's a bit of irony there, though. Look at the thing that is killing you in order to live. Look upon death and you will have life. Hopefully you are seeing a connection. Jesus said, just as Moses lifted up the bronze snake in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Looking upon Jesus, lifted up on that cross, is looking upon death. Looking upon sin. Looking upon the result of our sin and the punishment of our sin. And yet, looking at the Son of Man lifted up is looking at life. Looking at salvation. Really, you would think that... Jesus on the cross would be the final nail in humanity's coffin. We rejected God's law. We rejected God's promises. We rejected God's prophet century after century. And finally, his own son comes to us, God in the flesh, and we murder him. Surely that would be the last and final accusation in the indictment against humanity, and it would be our sure condemnation. But then we are told that the Son of Man being lifted up was not for our condemnation, but was to save the whole world. It's not our death sentence, it is instead our not guilty verdict. His lifting up becomes our lifting up. Paul says as much in Ephesians chapter 2, But God, being rich in mercy, 
because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So it is not sports that makes us equal. If you need any more proof of that, I've got one more picture I would like to share with you. Um, This is a picture of a random soccer player and uh, a picture of another athlete that I know. Uh, I had to dig deep in the archives to find a picture where I looked at all sporty whatsoever. Are we equal in sport? No, we're not. I'm no Cristiano Ronaldo. But I will tell you this. The other day I was kicking around a soccer ball here behind the church. And uh, Elsie was with me and Annalise was with me. And I dribbled the ball a little bit as I have the ability to do. And I gave it a good little kick. I laced it as hard as I could. And it, it went flying pretty well. And it hit against the church brick wall. And it came coming back. And Elsie's eyes got big. She looked at me and she started to clap. (laughs) So in my daughter's eyes, there's no difference between these two pictures. (laughs) I'm Ronaldo to them. But I also recognize that they'll grow up. And eventually they'll know that there is a bit of a difference in abilities. I don't look forward to that. I like being Ronaldo to that. So it's not sports that make us equal, then what is it? Well, it's God. Standing before God, we all have an equal amount of worth. He loves all of us equally. Human dignity, the value of life, is the same for all. Sports does not prove that, but Jesus proves that. Because he came, because God so loved the whole world that his son came and was lifted up for each and every one of us. We are all equal in that regard. But there's a flip side to this as well. We are also all made equal by God's perfect law. John 3.17, it says, Uh, Jesus did not come to condemn the world. Well, that's good news. I like reading John 3.17. But then it goes on to say in verse 18, well, you were condemned already. Ouch, that's actually not such great news. So Jesus does not condemn because we managed that on our own. You have all loved yourselves above others. You have all loved yourself more than you have loved God. In this fashion, we are all equal. And every person who believes is offered the same life and salvation. But it is only through belief that we are saved. There is no competition. There is no first place and second place and third place. There is no amount of effort that helps you achieve it. 
Either you look up at the one who was lifted up for you, or you do not. And my goodness, it is my prayer that you look to him. That you look up to Christ. That you look up to the one that was dead on the cross, and that through that you find life. It's not membership in a church. It's not what you do. It's not the level of your education. It's not the size of your bank account. It's not your position at work that brings eternal life or salvation. It's just looking up at the one on the cross and the faith that grabs hold and says, He was lifted up for me, and I will be lifted up together with Him. It's that and it's only that. I first st- started studying to be a pastor in 2007. I went to Concordia Seminary in St. Louis, and there's a, a very large chapel there, a very huge building. It's called the Chapel of St. Timothy and St. Titus uh, because those two guys were pastors. and. The point of a seminary is to train pastors. So there's a huge stained glass window with those two men on there. And above the altar, there is this gigantic cross. It's made of metal. It's very large. And it's suspended from these almost invisible wires. Uh, You would think it could fall at any moment. And it looks so heavy. And on, on this cross, there is a squiggly kind of Jesus, I thought, upon the cross. And I thought, I don't really like that. I don't like this gummy worm looking Jesus on the cross. It reminded me of Gumby. I called him Gumby Jesus. How many people remember Gumby? Yeah, this is going back a ways. I I thought, that's too artistic. That's too stylized. Give me a traditional crucifix. But then someone explained it to me. They said, that's not Jesus on the cross. That's a serpentine cross. That squiggly line up there is the bronze snake. It's a connection to numbers. It's a reminder that we are to look up and to find life. So after that, I liked that cross. After that, I thought that was pretty neat. And I would look up. And I'd be reminded that looking up to him, to the cross, is looking up at life. And then I would look up on the altar and I would see the the glass flagon, the pitcher, uh, just like we have here, and I would see the red wine inside of it, and I would look up and I'd say, that's the blood of Jesus. And I'd remember, I'm looking up at life. And then I'd look up at all the brothers and sisters in Christ that are knelt uh, along the railing, along the altar, and them all receiving his body and his blood, and I think I'm looking up at life right there. I was encouraged by every single person I said, those people believe what I believe. And as I look up at that, as I look up at the cross, as I look up at the blood of Jesus, as I look up at my fellow believers, I know that I'm not looking at myself. Because when I look at myself, that's when I don't feel so great. So I look up. I look up at the one who is lifted up for me. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.